Hi everyone, it's Joe Wigand from Medora, North Dakota, gateway to Theodore Roosevelt National Park and home to the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation. With their help, we're starting Teddy Talks. The April program is called 26 Days with the 26th President. Each and every day, I'll be reading at length from some of what uh, Theodore Roosevelt wrote and spoke during his lifetime. Uh, as we go through, uh, I hope that you'll understand why Theodore Roosevelt at the State Fair in Minnesota on Labor Day 1901 told the people there to speak softly and carry a big stick. You will go far. Teddy Talks are proudly presented by the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation in Medora, North Dakota. To learn more about visiting or supporting our mission to connect people to the Badlands for positive, life-changing experiences, go to Medora.com. Now, enjoy the pod. Good morning. Welcome to Teddy Talks for April 15, 2020. I'm your host, Joe Wigand, coming to you from Medora, North Dakota gateway to Theodore Roosevelt National Park. All sorts of summer fun in Medora. One of the fun things to do for some is to go out on the Bully Pulpit Golf Course and chase the little white ball around. I love to golf the Bully Pulpit because it means three or four hours with my sweetheart who loves to golf. Theodore Roosevelt himself, of course, uh, liked some of the manly sports through his life. Uh, boxing, uh, did judo at the White House with men brought over by the Japanese ambassador, famous for his tennis cabinet. Uh, advisors, friends, members of Congress, if you uh, received an invitation to play lawn tennis at the White House, right where Mrs. Taft would install the Rose Garden, well, then you might be considered a member of the tennis cabinet. Well, those men formed on the last day of Theodore Roosevelt's presidency, a, a great luncheon and banquet and the man chosen to speak was speechless, and simply then Seth Bullock, Sheriff of Deadwood, United States Marshal in South Dakota, Teddy's friend, uh, cast aside the flowers, and there was an A. Fimister Proctor statue of the Panther, uh, a black marble, a wonderful uh, sculpture and, and a wonderful end to Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. At its beginning, he inherited John Hay as his Secretary of State, from President McKinley. And John Hay, as a young man, had dined with the Roosevelt family in New York City when young Theodore Roosevelt would have been known as T.D. For Theodore Roosevelt's father, Theodore Roosevelt, found a way to serve the Union cause, not only helping to found the Union League Club and supporting uh, the charities and efforts of uh, the Union Army and uh, its uh, support organizations, but then going to Washington, D.C. with an idea shared with other gentlemen from New York and lobbying Congress and being shown in by John Hay, young private secretary to Lincoln, to see President Lincoln himself and to make future visits. It's said in the family that the older sister Anna, known as Bammy, and she was bounced, bounced upon Lincoln's knobby knee in the White House itself. The purpose of Theodore Roosevelt's father's visits to Washington were to seek the creation of, and then uh, subsequently to be appointed to, New York State's version of the uh, Allotment Commission. 
This was a commission set up for the first time in our history. In previous wars, when the soldier or sailor was called to the front lines, uh, the family left at home was very often uh, destitute, uh, left to uh, charity and, and uh, the townsfolk for support. The allotment would allow a soldier or sailor in the Union Army or Navy to sign up to send a portion of pay home to support, support spouse and children. And Theodore Roosevelt's father appointed a New York State allotment commissioner, then spent the war years traveling north, south, and west by horseback and train, often at risk, signing up men from New York for the allotment. And of course, the home then, back at 28 East 20th Street, with not only Theodore Roosevelt's southern mother, Martha Mitty Bullock at the helm, but also Aunt Anna Bullock and Grandmother Bullock uh, in the house. Well, that home sometimes became a bevy of pro-Confederate activity, uh, with the children being involved in putting together packages of bandages, medicine, money, clothing that would make its way to the wharf and eventually via blockade runner to bring aid to family and friends. So the death of Abraham Lincoln on this date April 15th, 1865, was something met with uh, great grieving by most of the Roosevelt household. And famous, uh, the picture taken of Lincoln's funeral uh, parade uh, procession going through New York City and passing by grandfather Cornelius von Schock Roosevelt's house uh, at Union Square. And a uh, picture being taken, and years later, uh, Mrs. Roosevelt, Edith Roosevelt, pointing out that indeed the silhouettes of two small boys in the window uh, were Theodore Roosevelt and his younger brother Elliot watching the parade below. Uh, she able to testify to the event for she was locked in the closet of that house. A TD, that horrid man, as she would tell the inquirer, uh, and uh, Elliot putting her in that closet because she was crying. And it was annoying them greatly. April 15th, the uh, death of President Abraham Lincoln. Theodore Roosevelt throughout his presidency was certain uh, to speak about Lincoln and associate himself with that first Republican president. Not just John Hay, but so many of the uh, men with whom uh, a young Theodore Roosevelt served were men who had served uh, Lincoln or served the Republican cause in the years after Lincoln. So on his great Western tour in 1903, he uh, indeed spoke at Lincoln's tomb in Springfield. He spoke at Gettysburg and in the last weeks of his presidency in 1909 on the centennial of uh, Abraham Lincoln's birth in Kentucky at Hodgensville, Kentucky, Theodore Roosevelt spoke and dedicated the uh, birthplace uh, monument there in Kentucky, now a National Park Service site and Highly recommended. I wanted to take advantage of a wonderful compendium put together by uh, uh, D Daniel Ruddy, uh, uh, forward by the late Edmund Morris. Uh, this is uh, Theodore Roosevelt's History of the United States, his own words selected and arranged by Daniel Ruddy. It's uh, just beautifully organized so that uh, some of the letters and speeches are excerpted. And if you don't mind, while we'll have a visit with Theodore Roosevelt uh, for the school children in the United States on Arbor Day, it would not be right without uh, uh, acknowledging a bit of Theodore Roosevelt on Abraham Lincoln this April 15th, 155 years after the death of the great emancipator. These are Theodore Roosevelt's words. 
I do not have to tell you that my great hero is Abraham Lincoln, and I have wanted while president to be the representative of the plain people in the sense that he was, not of course with the genius and power that he was, but according to my lights along the same lines. Lincoln has always meant more to me than any other of our public men, even Washington. Lincoln was an average man, but Lincoln was a genius besides, perhaps the only genius in our political history. They say that Lincoln followed, that he didn't, that he even didn't lead the country in the emancipation of the slaves in the unyielding demand for the preservation of the Union. That is absurd. He furnished the arguments put profound truth simply, prepared the sentiment, and then he led. One of the greatest men in the world's history, one of the two or three greatest men in the 19th century, Lincoln saw into the future with the prophetic imagination usually vouchsafed only to the poet and the seer. He had to him all the lift toward greatness of the visionary without any of the visionary's fanaticism or egotism. Lincoln, the uncouth farmer's boy, reared in the grinding toil and poverty of a small cabin on the frontier, the man who worked with his hands, the man who never knew what it was to walk in the soft places of the earth, made his way upward until in our pantheon his figure stands beside that of the dead hero of Mount Vernon. I think of Lincoln, shambling, homely, with his strong, sad, and deeply furrowed face all the time. I see him in the different rooms and in the halls. For some reason or other, he is to me infinitely the most real of the dead presidents. So far as one who is not a great man can model himself upon one who was, I try to follow out the general lines of policy which Lincoln laid down. I wish to heaven I had his invariable equanimity. I try my best not to give any expression to irritation, but sometimes I do get deeply irritated. Theodore Roosevelt on President Abraham Lincoln, two of the four that got some boredom found Mount Rushmore worthy. On this date, April 15th in 1888, the death of the English author and poet Matthew Arnold at the age of 62. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, in his letters, in his writings, uh, his diary of his time here along the Little Missouri, indeed during the boat chase, while he had Tolstoy, he also had a volume of Matthew Arnold. And one of the greatest uh, debts I owe to Theodore Roosevelt is that... Uh, uh, his own reading uh, habits and choices uh, for reading have very often gotten me uh, to pick up an author that somehow uh, my education had skipped. So to Theodore Roosevelt, I owe the gift of an introduction to the works of Matthew Arnold. And on this date, April 15th, 1912, much as uh, President Lincoln had been shot uh, on the 14th and died on the 15th of April, we know that the Titanic uh, was... Uh, hit uh, the iceberg in the North Atlantic on April 14th, very late at night, shortly before midnight, and then a short uh, hours later, somewhere between 2 and 3 a.m., uh, met uh, its final moments and sank in the sea. 
famous uh, amongst its uh, thousands of, uh, of victims, John Jacob Astor IV, the American businessman, uh, Benjamin Guggenheim, Ida and Isidore Strauss, uh, Isidore and his uh, brother Nathan, uh, co-owners of Macy's department store, and uh, Mrs. Strauss uh, herself, an accomplished businesswoman and leader in New York City, uh, she offered a conveyance in one of the lifeboats and refusing to do so and joining her husband calmly back in their stateroom. Uh, and John Thayer, American businessman and uh, athlete, uh, executive of the Pennsylvania Railroad, on and on go the lists of names, many of them uh, uh, English, Irish, Scottish, but uh, Americans too. And amongst the Americans, Major Archibald Butt, military aide to Theodore Roosevelt in the last year of Roosevelt's presidency and in the same position for William Howard Taft, a, a man who uh, loved and uh, respected and honored uh, the men for whom he worked and loyal professionally to each and of course torn when 1912 and the obvious confrontation politically with Colonel Roosevelt and President Taft was coming about, Archibald Butt was wearing himself down to a nub. Uh, we know so in part by the letters that he was sending to his sister-in-law, Clara. Letters that he'd begun to his mother. Uh, she passed his first year of service in the Roosevelt administration. He continued up. Uh, Archie did his, uh, his writings. And uh, Archibald Butt, a little picture here in, uh, uh, inside of uh, the... Uh, Doubleday uh, publishing of his letters and uh, let me see if I can I can't do justice to what a what a pose Archibald Butt uh, could make in his uh, his formal military uniform at White House events and we know that uh, President Taft was uh, quite uh, quite distraught and, and we have record of what uh, uh, Taft said at the the death of Archibald Butt and his friend Frank Millett, an artist, when the Titanic went down. President Taft said, After I heard that part of the ship's company had gone down, I gave up hope for the rescue of Major Butt, unless by accident. I knew that he would certainly remain on the ship's deck until every duty had been performed and every sacrifice made that properly fell on one charge, as he would feel himself charged with the responsibility for the rescue of others. There are some eyewitness accounts of those who witnessed Archibald, but other gentlemen, they joined together eventually playing cards in the parlor. It was said that Major Archibald Butt was the man who had the band, the ship's band assembled to play Nearer My God to Thee. And also another German song, Autumn, I believe was played uh, at the going down. Major Archibald Butt, a boon companion to the children, those uh, known as the White House Gang. Uh, he was a an aide uh, very practically to Edith Roosevelt, uh, assisting her without much other staff uh, in the uh, leadership to uh, host the uh, official events at the White House, make arrangements, invitations, seating charts, and that sort of thing. And Archibald Butt rode with Theodore Roosevelt when Theodore Roosevelt showed the reasonableness of requiring an army or navy officer to ride a horse a hundred miles in three days. It was Archibald Butt and uh, the president's uh, physician who 
rode horses in a blizzard in February of 1909 to Warrenton, Virginia, and back to the White House, stopping only for a bit of tea and, uh, and lunch in Warrenton, and making that trip in 23 and a half hours in a blizzard, returning back over the bridge across the Potomac, uh, the, uh, the bridge bound in ice. The Butt Memorial Bridge in Augusta, Georgia, across the canal, stands as a memorial to Archibald Butt, native son of Augusta, graduate of the University of the South in Suwannee, Tennessee. They're also on the south ellipse of the White House. Uh, accessible to the public still is a fountain, a rather large fountain standing about four feet tall, big circular with a, an obelisk, a small uh, a little Washington monument shaped thing in the middle of the, uh, of the fountain. On one side, a classical Roman soldier. On the other side, a painter of the Renaissance. That's the Butt Millet Memorial Fountain. Funds privately raised and uh, the fountain dedicated during the Taft administration. Both men, uh, Archibald Butt and Frank Millet, were horsemen. Uh, in Washington, D.C., as many big cities, it was still a city of horses then. And the horses of the War Department, the Police Department, uh, the, uh, uh, the Secret Service agents, uh, those horses, it was thought, would enjoy drinking from that fountain. Uh, now it's a wonderful big bird bath full of Washington, D.C.'s pigeons. But if you have a chance to visit Washington, D.C., uh, please visit the uh, Butt Millet uh, Fountain in Washington, D.C. I think that's it for this day in history, uh, except uh, when we go back in history to 1907. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt with a message to the school children of the United States. Arbor Day, which means simply tree day, is now observed in every state in our union and mainly in the schools. At various times from January to December, but chiefly in this month of April, you give a day or part of a day to special exercises and perhaps to actual tree planting in recognition of the importance of trees to us as a nation and of what they yield in adornment, comfort, and useful products to the communities in which you live. It is well that you should celebrate your Arbor Day thoughtfully for within your lifetime, the nation's need of trees will become serious. We of an older generation can get along with what we have, though with growing hardship. But in your full manhood and womanhood, you will want what nature once so bountifully supplied and man so thoughtlessly destroyed. Because of that want, you will reproach us, not for what we have used, but for what we have wasted. For the nation, as for the man or woman, and the boy or girl, the road to success is the right use of what we have and the improvement of present opportunity. If you neglect to prepare yourselves now for the duties and responsibilities which will fall upon you later, if you do not learn the things which you will need to know when your school days are over, you will suffer the consequences. So any nation which in its youth lives only for the day, reaps without sowing, and consumes without husbanding, 
must expect the penalty of the prodigal whose labor could with difficulty find him the bare means of life. A people without children would face a hopeless future. A country without trees is almost as hopeless. Forests, which are so used that they cannot renew themselves, will soon vanish, with them all their benefits. A true forest is not merely a storehouse full of wood, but as it were a factory of wood, and at the same time a reservoir of water. When you help to preserve our forests or to plant new ones, you are acting the part of good citizens. The value of forestry deserves, therefore, to be taught in the schools which aim to make good citizens of you. If your Arbor Day exercises help you to realize what benefits each one of you receives from the forests and how by your assistance these benefits may continue, they will serve a good end. Got a note here uh, for those of you watching from Wisconsin on this date in 1911, Theodore Roosevelt spoke at the University of Wisconsin-Madison on the uh, title Duty and Self-Control. Well, uh, thank you all for being here today. This is a, a brief visit and perhaps many of our visits will be a bit briefer. I do enjoy reading Theodore Roosevelt's speeches at length. We will be doing so, mark your calendar, April 23rd, when the entire speech, Citizenship in a Republic, will be read. There's a small portion that remains famous to this day. We know it as the, the man in the arena. Uh, it begins, it is not the critic who counts. Hangs on my wall, it might hang on some of your walls. Uh, I hope its sentiments are in your heart and feel your actions to answer duty to be a good citizen. So we will have some longer visits today, April 15th. Enjoy your family and friends. Read a little bit about Abraham Lincoln, if you would. Google uh, Theodore Roosevelt planting a tree and uh, all sorts of wonderful pictures will pop up of our president planting trees throughout this country. When he passed January 6th, 1919, one of the major activities undertaken by the children in this country and most especially by the Boy Scouts is to plant trees in his honor throughout the country. And on occasion, you can still find one of these trees growing, as you will in Columbus, Ohio, in the southwest corner of the old Capitol building. And so, uh, goodbye, good luck. We'll see you tomorrow on Teddy Talk.